Welcome to the Triage Method Podcast Q&A edition with me, Gary McGowan, and my co-host, Mr. Patrick Farrell. This week, or this episode rather, is the Q&A episode, and this week's question is going to be related to something that I'm just about to touch on. So firstly, before we get stuck in, guys, some of you may have realized if you're in the Triage Method community, our free Facebook group, if you're not, you should be, so get involved, um, that we're basically launching a new service um, or a product, you could say, in the next month or so. It's going to be called the Coach's Corner. And effectively, what this is, is going to be an educational platform that is mainly video-based, but also text-based um, on our site. It's going to be basically like a, a membership site. And this is going to be designed to help coaches and interested trainees kind of bridge that gap between like, right, the scientific and the theoretical and the practical. Like that's basically like one of the overall aims there. So rather than just using that platform to present you with loads of more kind of bland black and white information, the goal is really to say, okay, this is what you need to know. This is how it applies. And here are some case studies in which this information actually begins to apply in the real world. Along with that, there'll be things like um, documentation for coaches um, and for trainees, you know, in terms of setting up your programming and stuff like that. How can you best do that? How can you keep track of things? Um, the case studies is going to be an interesting element in terms of showing you, right, this is, this is what the actual path from A to Z looks like when a client like this signs up with triage. Here are some of the things you might want to think about. Again, the idea, as always, with information is going to be giving you, giving you the tools but not telling you exactly what you need to do. So, for example, like we might say that we might have a case study and we might say, all right, these are the things that you really need to focus on. Here are some options for what you could try here. There are a number of different things because there's obviously never a one single way. Um, but, yeah, there are some of the, the things that we're going to be touching on in the coach's yeah, corner. Basically, with that, I'm conceptualizing this as being a toolbox for coaches. You know, we always say we're like, oh, you've tools in the toolbox. It's like you know, this is the toolbox. Yeah, much um, and be and being like the toolbox being reinforced as well. Like that's important. So like how and why you use each tool. You know, um, the the why is still being a a very strong component for those who are interested in like you know learning your kind of your background anatomy and biomechanics stuff like we're going to be going over that but really showing you what that means in the real world you know touching on some of the the exercise and nutrition biochemistry and physiology stuff really showing you again what does that mean in the real world what does that mean for my client what does that mean for me that's really the goal of the coach's corner um so yeah if you are interested and you'd like to pre-register your interest you can do so at the link below and um, basically you'll be joining a waiting list where we'll basically just provide you with information um, prior to the launch along with a very significant discount from the initial launching price so even like there's no catch if you're not interested um or if you think you you might be but you might not have the money or whatever just join the waiting list we'll give you more information and there's no commitment there okay um, so that brings us on to that brings us on to the, this week's question, and the question is effectively, what what would be our one tip to help him, her, it become a better coach? You know, what's the number one tip for me to become a better coach? What is yeah, it? And this, this, the, the answer yeah. to this is something that applies even if you're not a coach yourself, right? So don't just read this yeah. and oh well, uh, I'm not a coach, so I'm not going to listen to this. You know, that's like this, this helps everyone right? And the, the one tip that I would give would be to search out information rather than waiting for someone to present you with that information, right? And what I mean by that is a lot of people learn in a haphazard manner, like they just get information presented to them. They're, they're told 
effectively what to think, right? They're like, oh, you should learn about biomechanics. You should learn about nutritional biochemistry. Like these are all things that like we think are important. And like, even when we put out content, like we're putting out content that, you know, the way we do it is a little bit different than the way a lot of people do it. Like we're trying to contextualize stuff. That's why we have like certain pages on our website, which is like, it's effectively like a book, you know? So there is, you know, a conceptual framework, but the way most people put out information and the way most people consume information, it's effectively in a haphazard manner where they just learn bits of information. And that's because people are putting out bits of information. There's no joined up connectedness with the information. They're effectively just learning like, Oh, this person that I follow on Instagram put up something about squats. I guess I'm learning about squats today, you know, just based on what that individual has written in the content or on YouTube they've recorded or whatever it is. They're effectively just waiting for information to be presented to them, right? Rather than ever actually searching out information. They're not actually coming up with questions. They're not coming up with, you know, um, uh, we'll say questioning paths. They're like, oh, yeah, okay, I understand calories you know but do you actually understand calories like ask yourself questions related to that be like what does that actually mean how does that relate to this other thing you know you're never actually questioning things you only know what someone has presented to you you know and again like you you need a teacher you need a mentor a, a lot of the time like that obviously you know effectively uh, fast tracks the results that you can get you know but you should still have a question in mind you should still be asking questions with regard to content information you should still be trying to effectively search out the information that you need rather than waiting for people to present it to you you know like i always kind of think of this like personal trainers or coaches and whatever they always like to think of like oh i'm a frontline healthcare worker and we've discussed that before but you know imagine your doctor was like oh no i actually all my knowledge just comes from whatever you know i was told to think on instagram you know like yeah there's some practical stuff that i've also done but basically i've just regurgitated information that other people have presented to me on whatever it is that that doctor does cardio cardiac stuff right they're like i, I just got presented i follow these five instagram pages and these two youtube channels and my the depth of my knowledge is whatever comes out that week on that from those those pages that i follow or you know those channels that i follow on youtube there's never any like oh i must you know get a cardiology book you know there's never any like more in-depth understanding learning they're not asking questions they're not like you have you have google you have you know search engines you can find anything you know like one of the skills related to this is you know developing the skill of actually knowing where to find information is probably the most underrated skill that's required for long-term education. You know, like Instagram is not a place to find information. While you might find information there, that is not the, the, the home of information. It's a photo sharing app. You know, the fact that people think that that's a good platform to get an education from, you know, that says, a lot you know and um, but again like going back to the doctor thing like imagine your doctor said to you being like oh no like, i actually never read content or i never look at the primary research or i never you know question anything i just wait for this guy that i follow on youtube to do a review on that and if he hasn't done a review on that yeah i don't really understand it i don't know it i just whatever you know like that's that's a poor place to be in right 
whether you are someone that's interested in training yourself or whether you are someone that is training other people. Searching out information, and I don't mean just, you know, searching out the person's name on fucking YouTube that you follow um, or searching them out on Instagram or anything like that. Um, I mean, actually like searching out where that information came from. I don't even mean you have to necessarily, you know, read the primary research. You know, that's not a requirement to be a good coach. You know, having some familiarity with it or again, reading a little bit deeper into it from a, a number of different sources. Like I'm not saying that we are the gurus and if you don't read our content, you're missing out. Like you are missing out. But, you know, you can still read other people's stuff. You can still, you know, watch their videos. You should still use all the resources available to you. But the manner in which you go about it should be less haphazard and more targeted. Like pick a topic. Be like, okay, cardio. I want to learn everything that I can possibly learn about cardio. You know, it's like find out the people that are putting out content read their articles, watch their videos, you know, in a targeted manner, you're, you're just looking at the, the, the cardio stuff from those individuals, you know, and then write down topics you don't understand, question that stuff, be like, okay, they said this, how does that relate to this, you know, like you need to ask questions, you need to be actively engaged in that learning process, you shouldn't, 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 just wait, you know, scroll through Instagram and be like, oh, someone's talking about X topic today, that's what I'm learning about. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Um, and importantly here, I suppose, like one of the things that, that I think is, is important to add on here is, you know, it's, it's, it's the why you would go and search for information because like, it's all very well and good to say, all right, I'm going to go, I'm a coach. I want to be a better coach. So I'm just going to go and start kind of searching for information. But like, where do you actually start? And for me, like one of the most useful things is to actually use your clients as inspiration. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> use your clients. I don't know what that was. It was like something that's stuck in my epiglottis. Um, you got something. You've you've got your clients um, as inspiration for what you need to actually learn. Okay. So, for example, like a, a, an interesting way of thinking about this is that, you know, in in medicine, let's say, if you were to learn only about how the body works, like as normal, normal physiology, like you never really kind of start to grow your understanding from solely like, how does the body work normally? Um, and that's basically what you're getting from Instagram. A lot of the time is that all of the kind of healthy fit people, like the average people that are going to have voiced in social media, and they're all the people that have had a favorable response that are doing really well, that follow all the basic stuff. And it looks like this nice clean template. And that's like normal physiology. It's like, here's how the body works as normal. Then pathology comes in and fucks that up because once you start to study pathology, that's what leads to the growth of, of physiology or one's knowledge of physiology of how the body works because it's like, oh, here's a deviation or perturbation and here's how the body responds. Boom. Now I can start to link that information together. And how that relates to coaching is that when you suddenly have that client who does not respond to this program that you seem, you seem to think everyone responds to, that's when you start to ask those questions. When you start to say, oh, maybe I can't just keep increasing volume or, oh, maybe continuous cardiovascular exercise isn't the only option or maybe tracking macros isn't always the best option. You know, these are the types of questions you start to then ask because this client has shown you that there's something different to the story, that this normal kind of cute, real, you know, nice narrative that you had, that that is not enough. And then you begin to ask those questions. So what I would do is, and this is basically what I do myself is, 
if you have a challenge, a particular challenge with a client, start to seek out what could be the potential um, explanations for that. And it's not always about, you know, going straight to PubMed or going to read complicated articles, because one of the things you can do is like basically rent out some expertise. So if you, if you take the time to, you know, email a coach and a high level coach, or even someone who's, you know, maybe they might even be a researcher in the area or something like that, you know, that they're always putting out content related to this problem. If you take the time to sit down and email them and you know you really think out your email and you ask good questions, they'll be generally be very receptive to that. If you just email someone on or message someone in Instagram and say, I have this client I'm having trouble with, uh, could you give me some tips? They're probably gonna be like, Man, I'm I'm on my phone, on the toilet, you know, I'm not in this headspace to answer this question now. So take the time to actually answer, ask a good question, and you'll definitely get a good answer. Because I know that when people send me um, emails asking about particular clients or they ask about, you know, more information related to something, I'll generally, like sometimes it takes me quite a while, but I'll park off some time, I'll put, a, put away some time to sit down and actually give that a proper answer. And that means I can link you to information, I can send you videos, I might send you research papers, tell you something I did with my clients or whatever it might be. And the same thing happens in the triage method community, our Facebook group, when people ask questions about clients, we're able to sit down, give you a detailed answer, but do use coaches to your advantage. Use people who you know have worked with individuals like your clients and dealt with the problems that you are dealing with because they, they'll likely have overcome them and they'll likely be able to push you in the right direction. Now, that doesn't mean that their answer will be correct, but it at least gives you something to start to work on and some more information that you might be able to, to start to read up on. So I think that's a really useful way of thinking about things. Check out the problems that you're having with your clients. Then, you know, seek out some expertise from coaches and start to read around that. So, you know, it might be that um, when someone, one of your clients, you, previously you thought that, oh, we can just keep doing squats five by five and you're going to get big, strong legs and that seems to work for most people. Cool, not unreasonable. This client and they feel squats mostly in their hips and their lower back and they're trying to grow their quads and you know the you've they've got some knee pain with higher volumes and stuff like that and then you start to wonder okay what what can I actually do here and you might it might be as simple as googling uh, how um, how to or other other squat variations or uh, variations that are more knee dominant or squatting for a tall lifter, that sort of stuff. You know, you might hit, get the best answers right away, but it's a real basic starting point and somewhere to start to put you on the right track. It's unlikely that like you get the proper information on Instagram. Sometimes you will, but if someone hasn't done a video or a post or whatever on the topic that you're interested in, then again, like you're just going to wait around for someone to give you an education. And the other problem with that is that you're getting one source then, you know, whereas if you were to email maybe a couple of coaches or, or one resources, now you've got multiple different things that you can pull from. And then when you come back to your client and you apply that information, I'm going to sneeze. <coughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, COVID over there. When you come back, you come back to your client and you apply that information, then you can see, all right, let I've, I've got some ideas for you. I'd like us to change the program in favor of this. This is why I think it might work. This is why I thought there was a problem in the first place. Um, let's give this a go for two, two or three weeks and see how it goes. And then that's also a method of learning is taking that feedback and seeing, oh, this actually did work. So even though you're new, you're, that, that protocol, that doesn't make that the new rule, but it makes it a worthwhile exception to 
the rule that you were previously working on. Okay. So now it might be the case that I know that five by five squats work for a lot of people and I can generally, you know, just kind of hand them out and most people get bigger and stronger. However, there's a certain subtype of my clients who maybe they're a bit taller and they tend to have longer femurs and maybe they have a history of pain in a particular area or whatever. And when they do front squats for three sets of eight to 10, that seems to be superior. So now I'm going to grow that. And then eventually you'll be like, oh, why five sets? Why three, why three sets? You know, or, or could I do 12 reps or could I do four reps? And, and that's how you begin to grow your knowledge is, is, is seeking out or finding a problem, seeking out information, applying the information um, in the real world, seeing the feedback that you get. And then you, it's a kind of a circular um, process from there. So I think that's a useful way of thinking about it. Yeah, like basically what we're saying is you should, first of all, ask questions. That's, that's the way you find information. And also you need to learn to ask better questions. For example, like you were saying there, like emailing someone, taking the time to sit down and formulate your thoughts. Like, what do I actually know? What am I actually trying to ask? You know, like, do, what do I understand? What don't I understand? Like, what, like, you need to sit down and actually formulate that stuff, right? So you need to ask better questions. And, you know, while, yeah, like social media and stuff allows for the easier transmission of conversations because it's like, oh, it's just, just right there. Like that, that isn't a good way to have complex and in-depth discussions, you know? Like if you ask someone, a coach, whoever they are, they put up a, you know, ask me anything kind of box and you ask them thoughts on creatine. Like, what does that even mean? You know, like the question is yes. Like, or the answer is yes, I do have thoughts on creatine, you know, like, <laughs> Like no one, no one knows what you're actually trying to say. So effectively what you're asking that person to do is just curate information and just present it to you without actually ever answering your question. You know, like that, that's, you didn't actually ask a question. You just asked for thoughts, you know, and like those thoughts could be completely irrelevant for what you want, but you never specified what you want. You know, you're just assuming that the person you're asking can then assume that they know what you are, you are talking about, you know, <clears throat> like people say, <clears throat> again, like say thoughts on creatine and it's like, for who, like your 90 year old fucking stepdad or, you know, this hard charging athlete, 20 year old. It's like, the, it could be completely different, you know? Um, so you need to be very specific in your questions. You need to formulate better questions. And well, yeah, it's easy to do that on social media. It's, it's probably not a great way to actually learn. And it's definitely not a great way to learn if you are waiting for people to give you information, right? And what I mean by that is like, you're not actively seeking it out. If you analogize it to you're hungry, you know, you're hungry for food, you're hungry for information, you know, and you're just waiting for someone to cook you food and hoping that they cook you a meal that you want to eat, you know? You wouldn't do that. Like that's actually just stupid, right? You would be like, all right, cool. I need to seek out the information I need. So you have a, a meal preference. You're like, where can I purchase this? Or can I, you know, get someone to make this for me? You know? Um, but also it's like, you know, it would be a better idea to learn to cook yourself. Now, that would be a, a very good idea for long-term, you know, success at not being hungry, you know? Like having an idea of the, the, the process of this information flow that's probably a good idea if you want to be knowledgeable uh, around a topic, you know, like asking a coach where, like, what's the answer to this? Like, that's cool. If you ask a coach something that can be easily Googled, they're just going to be like, why are you asking me this? You know? And um, 
<clears throat> like that doesn't foster a, a good relationship with that that individual you know and they'll probably just ignore that question be like literally be like oh should i drink protein after a workout it's like like that that's not a question that you need to ask like you could just literally google that find out a few different answers read the primary research read you know people's interpretation of the research and then be like okay i have a pretty good understanding of this i'm not sure if you know i should have 25 grams 30 grams 50 grams whatever and you can have more specific questions and then you can start you know diving in deeper onto that but you should be asking questions yourself as a prerequisite before you actually ask questions of others and you definitely should not be waiting for other individuals to guide your your knowledge you know like i always look at it as well like people effectively like use youtube to do this you know and like you may be listening to this on youtube you know you use you let an algorithm decide whether you gain knowledge or not or like hey, the quality of your knowledge so an algorithm that someone else designed is guiding your knowledge you know that's that's not a great way to learn long term right but it's the same with social media because you know you are letting an algorithm decide whether you see or don't see certain individuals that put out content so not only are you waiting for them to put out content on a topic that you know you didn't even know that you had to you you wanted to know because you've never done any like research or you know yourself you never actually question stuff and actually try to understand things deeper yourself so you're waiting for them to produce the content and then you're hoping that the algorithm that the social media site uses presents you with that content, you know? But then what happens if that presents you with that content, you know, like you didn't go on social media for two days, and now all of a sudden you didn't learn for those two days. You didn't get access to the, that content. You didn't see the posts, you know? So it's like, all right, you, you just didn't learn, you know? Whereas if you have an actual process whereby you actually have a, a systemized structure of, okay, this is where I find the research. This is where I find coaches and individuals and whoever that, seem to know what they're talking about they, they, they might not they, they could be wrong but at least you're actively going out and you know consuming their content and um, in, in a questioning manner not just like waiting for it to be presented to you and um, and then you're trying to conceptualize it by asking better questions with regards to that that topic and you're asking peripheral questions you're trying to you know uh, layer that information together in your head and you're trying to get a better structure to your knowledge like if you want to be a better coach effectively that's what you need to do you need to search out information and integrate that information rather than just waiting for information to be presented to you you know again going back to that analogy like if you're hungry don't wait for someone to give you a meal go make the meal yourself yeah and another thing that's really important as well is like understanding what your what your metric is for being a, a good coach because like whether you're coaching people online or or in person ultimately the, it's it's the individual that is your metric you know it is your client your individual client that is fundamentally the metric of whether or not you actually you know were able to do a good job and like that doesn't that doesn't mean that the the better success your any client has the better coach you are like that's not always the case you know sometimes like coaches can put in all the effort and do such a fantastic job and you know they try everything but the person doesn't get any results and you know they weren't adhering to their diet and they weren't adhering to the exercise program and they were going out drinking and all that sort of stuff and you can't beat yourself up about that but at the same time you can't celebrate too much just because 
you gave some generic plan and one of your clients had an unreal response because that's just the, you know, the opposite side of the same coin. It's like, you know, you were, you, there, there was a, there was a failure there, you know, there, there was a failure there and it was, it was, it was on your end. Um, and, and it's still, you know, some degree of a failure. So I think it, it is important to, to realize that, that your client is, um, your metric of feedback, but you also have to be kind of honest with yourself. So if you're using your clients as feedback for your ability to coach, like you want to be able to look across the, a diverse range of clients that you actually have and see, is there like, is there a theme here? Because for example, if you have, let's say, uh, all of your best results and all of your transformations or, or uh, testimonials or the positive feedback you get from your clients personally, if that all comes from 20 to 25 year old males but when you work with um, females of any range or males above the age of 25 or you work with people who aren't just interested in fat loss and if they don't enjoy your coaching experience and they give you bad feedback like you can't just focus on those positive ones you have to also focus on why why is my current knowledge and practice not useful for those individuals and maybe it's the case that you just want to niche down and you just prefer working with 20 to 25 year old males which is absolutely fine you know if you you can do a fantastic job there while recognizing hey you know i'm not as good at the other stuff but if you're trying to do a at all you have to be willing to really critically analyze your own abilities and your own knowledge and then begin to seek out more knowledge that is relevant to, to those populations and in that case in particular it could be the case that right i'm using my clients as feedback i'm seeing that um, this population is doing really well but you know the female population i'm not doing really well with now why could that be? And it could be the case that you reach out to another, like whether you're a female or male, you reach out to another trainer who works primarily with females and you say, you know, what are the, what are the, some of the, the things that you feel lead to the, the, the best outcomes in females that differ from when you were coaching males? And they might be able to give you some really key insights. And that could be related to uh, communication. It could be related to the way that you program, you know, it could be related to the community environment within the gym, um, you know, different, different variables like that, that, that might actually change between individuals. Um, so you can begin to then, you know, grow your knowledge a little bit more. And there's, there's layers to that. So you might find then when you speak to that initial coach, they tell you that, um, oh yeah, all females, uh, just prefer to do X, Y, and Z. And you're like, okay, cool, I'm going to do that. And then you further analyze that subpopulation because now a lot of your, your female clients, they're doing really well. But what you find is that there's still 25% who aren't doing well at all. And what you might find is that those individuals, they actually much prefer A, B, and C, and they don't really adhere to the norm of the X, Y, and Z. And boom, that's when you start to really start to develop that more kind of real niche comprehensive knowledge because you've constantly reevaluated and reevaluated and reevaluated your own practice. And the only way to really do that is to realize when you are making mistakes and when you are slipping up, because I know I've made lots of mistakes as a coach. There are clients who I think back to and I'm like, yeah, I could have done a better job uh, there. But I, but I learned from that and I realized that, yeah, that, that solution, that just wasn't appropriate in that context. And the only way to grow is to realize that, that you did make those mistakes and not to just brush them aside. Yeah. And this is also related to <clears throat> the topic. Like if you are trying to search out this information, like a lot of people fall into this kind of, we'll call it a selection bias where like they follow people on social media, whatever platform it is, or, you know, even they, they Google information and they fall into a certain trap. For example, they might be like, Oh, I'm a bodybuilder, even though they train 40 year old females, you know, they're like, Oh, the stuff that they read or the stuff that they engage with 
it's not relevant to the people that they, they, they coach, you know? Um, and this is, you see this all the time as well, which like, it's actually just, it's, it's pretty hilarious. You know, people will put stuff up on uh, social media and they'll be like, oh, the top five coaches that, you know, uh, you learn from or the top five coaches you should follow. And like, all bodybuilders. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it's literally just all bodybuilders. And it's like, that, just because they're a bodybuilder, just because they have, you know, great physiques and whatever, it's like the person that put this, this thing up is a personal trainer who trains 40-year-old females. It's like, how, like, how did you think that, like, how, what metric are you using to translate this? Because the content they're putting up is not for 40-year-old females. It's for bodybuilders. So are you training your 40-year-old females like bodybuilders? You know, like you have to put the stuff you like the, the, the people you get the information for, for what the, the questions you're asking, it doesn't necessarily mean that that they're the questions that you would ask for the way you train yourself. And this is something you see a lot in the fitness industry. People get good results themselves and think that that's the way you should train everyone. When of course that is just completely false and incorrect, you know? And um, so that is something that you need to keep in mind. Like just because, uh, using Instagram's algorithm or YouTube's algorithm or you know whatever metric, whatever social media site you are using, just because that one prioritizes their content, or you know again like say Instagram it prioritizes content by people that put up good pictures, you know that's where you see like effectively graphic designers becoming you know gurus for health and fitness information when like the information might not be all that great, but because they put up a really you know snazzy looking graphic. It's like, oh, the, the platform itself prioritizes that. It, you know, it makes people like that, and then for, therefore they get you know, better ranking and stuff. You know? um, like, we, like we write content, you know, and put it on our website. And as a result, like Google ranks us really, really highly. So people do Google searches and find us there. That doesn't mean that we are the best people putting out content on whatever topic it is that you are searching. You know, I would like to think that we are. But... Uh, it doesn't mean that we, we necessarily are. Someone could be putting a video content that is, you know, exactly what you need in the exact population that you need in an easier to digest manner or whatever it is. And because you are not using the search engine or the social media platform or whatever it is to find those individuals, you just never see that information that could have helped you, you know? So effectively what I'm saying is you need to ask better questions. You need to actually ask questions you need to actually ask in a variety of contexts, you know, do use different platforms to see what is out there and continually refine your questions and your knowledge over time so that you actually get the information that you need. And like Gary said, the actual metric is the, the, the people that you are coaching or if you're, you're coaching yourself, it's like, are you actually you know, driving the needle forward? Are you actually helping those individuals or helping yourself? Get the results that you want if you're not then is there some hole in your knowledge is there some hole in how you are communicating you, you need to find where is the, the the failure you know and it's only through that self-reflection that you actually find um the, the path you know and you can't stay on the path unless you know what the path is so you have to get on the path and to do that you need to ask questions so effectively the moral of the story is don't just wait for information to be presented to you. That is the worst way you can go about becoming the best coach you can or getting the best results that you can, you know? So do a quick evaluation of how you actually get content, you know? Like, for example, if you listen to this podcast 
every single week. You know, we put out two, at least two podcasts per week. If you listen to this podcast every single week and have never asked a question, ask yourself what, you know, like there's literally a question box below. If there is content that you're like, oh, I actually really would like to know about whatever topic it is, you know, split squats, you know, how do I actually program split squats in? Should I count them as glute volume versus quad volume versus whatever? Like you could have a completely niche question, right? But if you've never asked the question to us or you've never done a quick Google search of it or you've never done anything to actually answer that question, you know, like ask yourself, like, are you just mindlessly waiting for someone else to curate your life effectively? Because that's what's happening. Someone else is just dictating how your life is playing out because we're dictating, like in this context, us, but they're dictating how you get information. You know, if, if, if triage didn't put out the information on this topic, I guess I don't know it. You know, that's, that's not a good way to learn, you know? Yeah, hundred percent. And you see that manifest in, in a lot of ways when, when people basically just kind of, they outsource the way that they program or the way that they program nutrition, because like basically what they end up doing is like they follow a handful of people, all of whom say the same thing, follow the same training systems, uh, adhere to the same nutrition. And then as a result, they just kind of relay that onto their clients. And they feel like it's really advanced because it could be the case that these individuals have actually, they've done a lot of searching to really come up with like a perfect system for the people they happen to work with or whatever. And then when you just relay that onto your clients, it's quite stale and it doesn't, it doesn't make you a good coach. It might, but ultimately like what your, what your goal should always be is to try and take, like take what is actually useful, but also like try to expand on that, try to build on that, try to find more ways that you can make that useful um, for your, for your clients. And the thing is like, a lot of people think that you're like the, the, the leaders that you're going, that you're following or whatever, that they're going to like you more because you're adhering to their system and, you know, passing on their system. Um, but I think like you made, you made a similar note in our notes for the podcast. Um, you were saying that like, uh, you said, yeah, you said when the student is ready, the teacher will appear and like Friedrich Nietzsche, Nietzsche had another, another thing that he said, and it was one repay is a teacher badly if one always remains nothing but a pupil and that's an important point because like sometimes when people go to university or people adhere to a certain training ideology in this case what they do is they try to just inherit all of the beliefs all of the messages all of the values and just kind of pass them on but the whole point should be that that information should hopefully be evolving and growing and becoming more and more robust or anti-fragile as it grows because you're exposing those training systems and those training messages to new individuals, to new clients, to new circumstances, to new challenges. And as a result, you are now the person that's responsible for taking that information and exposing it to the real world and adjusting it now and getting feedback from new people and saying, oh, that actually doesn't work in that context. So let's do this instead. And that's really when you start to become a better coach, when you're able to say, yeah, I actually do appreciate like 30% of what these guys or these women say what they promote for their clients their stuff being really useful that's when you start to to really you know it, it becomes more of a craft at that point rather than just kind of you know relaying on information in, in like a guideline type of manner you know yeah like eleanor roosevelt said learn from the mistakes of others you can't live long enough to make them all yourself you know which I think is a really good, you know, guiding framework where it's like, yeah, you do you, like, 
effectively you're outsourcing mistakes. You know, you want to, you know, not make these mistakes yourself. However, if you just get to the end point and you don't learn that there's mistakes that have been made along the way, you don't actually have a good understanding, you know? And again, like you, you need to ask questions to figure that out. You know, it's, it's not a, like well, who said it? Knowledge that's not learned or knowledge that's not earned. I can't remember the exact quote. Um, but basically if you don't earn that knowledge, like you didn't put in the hours to earn that knowledge, you, you don't actually own that knowledge, you know? Yeah. Like you don't actually have a, an understanding of it. You've just learned words, you know? And you might think that you understand it, but you need to actually have a deeper understanding. And the only way you can get a deeper understanding is by asking questions. And like, this is actually something that we do and it's completely selfish. And everyone who thinks that we are being uh, altruistic by putting out so much free content, they're actually completely incorrect because it's a completely selfish endeavor from both of us that we write content. Because the reason I'm writing content is so that I can formalize and conceptualize my thoughts and actually put them down on paper so that I can question and actually find things out that either go for or against my knowledge. Because there's so many times where I've had knowledge that I, I learned from somewhere, a Facebook post, an Instagram post, a, a bit of YouTube video or whatever. I just heard this knowledge and accepted it as fact, right? Because you know you trust these individuals that put out information, you know? But then you actually go back in and actually start researching it, doing a lot of, you know, digging, asking questions. And you realize you're like, okay, so that's correct in this circumstance, but it's not the whole story, you know, or it could be the fact that it's just blatantly incorrect, you know, and that's, that's why we write content so that we can question our thoughts and actually get a, a better understanding of the topics that we're writing about. You know, it's not just a case of, oh, we're writing to be altruistic. We're writing to organize and formalize our thoughts and, you know, be effectively ask better questions ourselves. Yes, sir. I don't think I have anything else to, to add. I think it's legit. Wonderful. So as we said at the start of this podcast, Coach's Corner, it's not live yet, but you can register your interest. You can also, there is like a, a sales page, if you will, and written up there, it's linked below. You can read that, you can get an idea of what is actually in the Coach's Corner and whether that is something that you know you would like to engage in. And um, because we want this to be a very, again, the, the toolbox effectively, we want it to be a very collaborative project, you know, so that we actually provide coaches with the information that they need. Because I see this as a huge disconnect in the industry. Like people go out and get a cert, a cert like a certificate in personal training, but the cert never gives them like continuing education. It might say that like, oh, you need to do 10 continuing education units per year, but there's no framework. There's no, you know, oh, let's actually put some guidance to this. It's like, yeah, you just fuck off. You're on your own. We charged you the fucking two grand for your cert and see you later. There's, there's no, nothing after that. And you see this a lot. This, this is what really got me thinking about it uh, and really pushing this forward because we were actually going to, you know, we have a few projects on the go and we're actually going to do something in a, a different order. But at, with this coronavirus thing, like the amount of these people that like certify people, like the, the, the silence that they gave to their, you know, certificates and um, whatever the, the cert certified 
people that, that the support that they got was fucking lackluster. You know, it was like, oh, there's a coronavirus. I know all you guys are hurting, but um, we made our money already because we charged you for your search. So uh, see you later. You know, there was no support given to actually help the people that they had certified. There was no, you know, long-term like fostering of the 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 industry, if you will. You know, and like I see that as a huge disconnect in the way people go on. And I think even like like obviously universities and you know colleges and stuff like that, they don't do it as well. And I also see that as a disconnect. You know, where there's no framework for continuing education it's like oh you learned your stuff fuck off on your own there's there's nowhere you can learn more information yeah we've told you about these sources like pubmed and stuff but and like we've told you how to evaluate information but we've never actually given you you know some framework to continue your education you know so anyway that's why we uh i've pushed this one forward and why we want to uh help the industry yeah, and and like just to to add to that, you know, it is going to be an an evolving um, evolving product or evolving service. Basically, it's going to function kind of like a membership site. So basically, when you do sign up, it's not like you go in and it's like, oh, this is this is it, this is all of it. You know, it's going to be something that we're going to be adding to every week and something that you will have input into as well. So I mean, if you're listening to this whole podcast and you're like, oh God, I wish I just had somewhere to go to ask these questions and get the information, like that's really going to be the place um, to kind of do that. Because our intent will be that when people start to suggest more topics that we can go away and we can make videos and like proper like professional presentations and everything to to give you proper like this is how this actually works um but yeah if you're interested in the meantime you know do pre-register your interest below the link is below um if you just like to kind of keep up with us in general join the triage method community it's our free facebook group it's pretty active would recommend getting involved um we had a podcast last week as well about like training accountability and stuff like that and that's something we're trying to foster within that group so do get involved in addition, you can subscribe to the Triage Method newsletter, which is linked below, and that will effectively keep you up to date on all of the information that we're putting out each week, along with recommended resources from around the internet. You can follow our social media. So that's Triage Method on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Highly recommended. Um, YouTube is probably the one that you know you should definitely subscribe to because it, it does it does alert you. Um, you'll know when we're posting videos, especially if you put on that little notification uh, thingy, um, and the podcast does go up there if you don't watch it on youtube the podcast goes on youtube along with vlog type videos tips and trick type videos um and and yeah would recommend getting involved if you're interested in coaching we do have one-to-one online coaching spaces available um, obviously we all know now that it's probably going to be a couple of months until we're back in the gym so i know some people have kind of use that as a trigger to say, okay, I, I do need to set some goals. I'm not just waiting out and not training until then. So if you do need help with that, particularly things like, you know, uh, formulating more effective home workouts or making the transition to running or setting other goals that are outside the gym, uh, we'd be more than happy to help you out. Another thing I know some people have had trouble with is how to just like they have weights available, but they just have, let's say, a barbell and they just have maybe a chin-up bar. Um, they're not sure how to train every muscle group. That's obviously, obviously something we can we can help out with as well, as well in terms of building uh, full programs like that. Um, and some people are having issues with their nutrition too, uh, being at home all the time, 
not being as active, maybe not being able to go to the shops as much. So nutrition is something that can be supported in, in, a, in a coaching context at the moment as well. And look, one-to-one -one online coaching, it's an expense. It's a luxury um, expense. So if you're just interested in like a much lower tier entry point, we do have group coaching available as well, both male and female options. So you could consider getting involved with that as well. Wonderful, Gary. Do you have anything to else to say to the good people listening? Nothing else to add, just that it's too easy. It literally is too easy. I actually do want to add something else, and that is the fact that over the next while, like I know I will be anyway, because I'm a fucking savage. I know Gary's just he's just lazy, really. Um, but uh, I'm going to start doing some videos for the articles that we have written and um, purely because I know people like they just, oh, I don't want to read an article. I don't have the attention span, which, you know, as someone who is both dyslexic and has ADHD, I find that extremely offensive when people say that shit, but irrelevant. Um, that people are like, oh, I don't have time or, you know, the, the mental capacity to read an article. And I, I understand that people, you know, enjoy just kind of listening, passively listening to content um, or passively viewing content. So you're going to make some of those articles. Like obviously not all of the articles you know, you're able to do that. Like, you know, if it's a very in-depth article, I'm not going to just effectively read the article to you. Um, so, you know, so, some things are too in-depth to do in a video and it just makes more sense to have them written. But there's obviously, you know, general concepts, general frameworks, general, you know, key points that, you know, I can just do a 10, 20 minute video and explain all the stuff that's in that article that you should know. And then obviously you can supplement that knowledge with the article. And so if you're not subscribed to YouTube, that's where they're going to be. If you do follow our, you know, our social medias, if you do follow, especially the newsletter, then you will just get these, you know, thrown your way. And again, that's what we said. We don't want to see, we don't want to see people just, you know, waiting for information to be presented to them. Like I want this to be an active process. Like our goal with the company is to make this, uh, a client or uh, an individual focused endeavor. Like I actually want to educate individuals. You know, I want to help them, you know, get better. So I'd obviously prioritize content that people are actually, that people actually want and people actually are consuming, you know? So that's the goal. There will be more videos on articles. If you haven't, if you've never read one of our articles yet, religiously listen to our podcast, then, you know, we will be producing more, you know, targeted articles, specific videos and the like in the next while. Um, yeah, there's that. I have nothing else to say. Do you, Gary? No, sir. All right. It's too easy. And peace out.